And so where are we going? Well, a while back I talked about we want to create a culture of discipleship, meaning we want to create a culture where everybody understands the role here as our church is to help people live as disciples of Jesus Christ, but not only to live as disciples of Jesus Christ, because that's first and foremost, but the second part of it is to teach and raise up disciples of Jesus Christ, meaning that you're part of raising up a new generation of believers, and that's what we want to do. And, and so we're going to create, we're going to constantly do that. And one of the things I know that um, Pastor Annette came up with is she came up with this acronym called SAGS, in which the, um, the staff has gone over um, so far, and we're working on that with the board. And SAGS is just an acronym for STOP. I mean, what are the areas in our lives, as we reflect upon our lives, as we reflect upon the church, what are some ministries that, as well as they might have been in the past, their time has come? And it's time to stop because we feel the Holy Spirit is leading us to do something different. Now, I know a lot of times that's difficult. You know, it's difficult to stop because, oh, we've been doing this for decades. Why are we doing it? Well, because we've been doing it for decades, you know. But there are some times when we have to take a look and, you know, ascertain, you know, should we stop these things? There are certain things in your life right now that you're really, really busy and it's interfering in your um, spiritual growth, in your relationship with Jesus, just because you don't have the time because you're so busy. And so are you going to also reflect and say, what are the activities in my life that need to stop? The A stands for align. Okay, so maybe these things are going, but what are some of the things that we need to tweak in order to be walking in alignment with the Holy Spirit? Because, you know, the things we might be doing are good, but we also know that our culture is changing. Times are changing. So how could we align it in order to be maybe a little bit more relevant or effective? Uh, the next one is go. What are the ministries right now? Well, what are the things in your life that are creating the fruit of the Spirit in your life that, hey, I need to keep on doing these things? I can't stop these things. Yes, I'm busy. Yes, I'm doing a lot of things, but these things are producing fruit. These things are producing fruit in our church. These things are producing fruit in my own spiritual life. What These things have to continue to grow, right? And the last thing is start. And this is where we need the um, direction of the Holy Spirit because God might be leading each one of you to start something. And this is why we need to pray for leaders, the staff, and as we pray for you because there might be things in your life that God wants you to start. Things that you are saying, what? You know, this doesn't make sense. But God is calling you to start certain ministries. And we're also going to be, the staff is going to be working on a dashboard. What's a dashboard? A dashboard is just a metrics that tells, um, that measures certain things that hopefully will determine, will help us determine, are we reaching our goal? Are we creating a culture of discipleship? I know a lot of churches measure attendance. Now, attendance is good, but does that measure the effectiveness of our church creating disciples? I mean, we could have an in-and-out truck here every Sunday, and I guarantee you our, popula our, our church attendance goes up. But does that mean we're going spiritually, or does that mean we just have a lot of people coming that like in-and-out, right? 
I mean, we can still do in and out. Don't worry, we're not going to stop that because, you know, I I like that event, you know. So that's one that we're going to continue on. But those are the things that we have to measure. But then a lot of uh, things that we know we're doing that the Holy Spirit's working is through stories. I can't tell you how blessed I was when we had newcomers tell us that they feel the Holy Spirit working powerfully here, or they sense the presence of God, or even when you hear the stories of people from their own mouth. And today, we're going to look, right now, we're going to be able to watch a video that we watched at our um, annual society or huddle meeting last week of how God affected the lives of people in this church. And I, I was so blessed when I watched that video. It was like one of those videos, of, okay, guys, we could all go home. I don't need to say anything. But these are the testimonies of certain individuals who are affected by the lie, uh, of the uh, work of the church. So, um, Ashley, could we see that uh, video right now? and I'm the discipleship pastor here at Mission Valley. So one of the wonderful blessings of being on staff here um, at Mission Valley is meeting uh, new people and getting to know uh, brothers and sisters in Christ. And I also came on to um, Mission Valley in 2021, so it's been great to see you walk with the Lord in that time. And so one of the real uh, reasons why we exist as a church here at Mission Valley is to help people be disciples of Jesus, who then turn and help others to be disciples of Jesus too. And so in the short time that I've been here at Mission mm-hmm. Valley, it's been really encouraging, encouraging to see the Holy Spirit really drawing people here to the church who have a desire to get to know more about who Jesus is. And so Stephanie, you've been one of the people that I've just been so encouraged to see how God's worked in your life and just the steps that you've taken to grow uh, in the Lord. And so, again, our desire is that people would come to know and love the Lord and grow. And I think that you've been really one of the people since um, I've been here that I've seen grow. So I remember when we met each other that you were getting baptized. That was a great time. I got baptized in... uh, 2021 Mm -hmm. and after that I um, started attending Mission Valley regularly Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I've been growing with the Lord since Mm -hmm. then Mm -hmm. Um, I have found opportunities to um, join um, different things at Mission Valley um, Mm -hmm. like uh, walking with the word with you yes yeah Mm -hmm. which really helped me grow with the 
the Christ. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, also, um, I, I joined um, other things as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Life group with Will Pack, mm-hmm. um, and also with Chris Rapp, mm-hmm. um, the parables. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then with Sherry Lee, um, um, we're helping with um, Connect Cafe. Cafe. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's been great. Ever since Stephanie has uh, become a believer and been baptized, it's just been great to see your hunger for God and to know who He is. And so in walking with the Word, that's one of the key ways that here at Mission Valley, we're really trying to help people learn the Word and be able to engage in it. And so every month, we would meet together Mm -hmm. to see how you were making your way through the Gospels, and that's been really great. Yes, that's been really great. mm -hmm. And so it's been uh, also wonderful to see how um, God has been bringing so many people to Mission Valley. We've been really encouraged by the visitors and people that have been coming. And you, Stephanie, have invited a number of people here to Mission Valley, too. And how did that come about? Um, well, I actually started with um, people asking me what I'm doing on Sundays. Mm-hmm. I used to play pickleball on Sundays, mm-hmm. and I decided I will, since I play a lot of pickleball, mm-hmm. I'm going to donate more of my time to coming and attending church. Mm-hmm. So um, they asked me, and I would tell them that I'm attending church, and then they would ask me mm-hmm. which church I go to, and then I would invite them mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. And that's a wonderful part about discipleship is where someone that is following Jesus invites and encourages others to come and also Mm -hmm. learn about who God is. And so because of you, Stephanie, there have been other people that have come to Mission Valley and they've stayed and they really have flowed into uh, the community here at Mm -hmm. Mission Valley. It's like a family almost, right? It is like a family. Um, you know, every time I come here, you know, people are so kind and welcoming, mm-hmm. and you just feel comfortable, and you want to stay here, and, you know, I feel very committed, mm-hmm. you know, to growing with God here. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, I'm excited to mm-hmm. see what God has in store for you mm-hmm. to continue growing with the Lord. Again, um, the community that you're a part of through your life group and through walking with the Word. And uh, I think for me, it really convicts me to continue to walk with the Lord when I see other people that also love and are on fire for God. And what's great is that I feel like I'm part of a community of other um, disciples, other followers of Jesus, and that together that we're um, going and living out um, our Christian faith together. So I think for me, it's been great to, to realize in the Christian faith that there, we're all at different places. We all have places to grow. And I know I definitely have places in my own relationship with the Lord where I need to grow and stretch and continue to believe um, God for the things that he wants to do. So part of this, uh, part of being on staff um, has been to believe God for the great things in disciple making that he has for Mission Valley. Hi, my name is Nelson Liu. I've been attending Mission Valley Free Methodist Church for about 13 years. Basically, when Pastor Dave took over as a senior pastor, is uh, I kind of basically came along with a package. And so I've been attending for about 13 years. My name is Seth Oda. I've been coming to this, not this particular church, but the LA Free Methodist Church. So it's been many, many years since I, and I, even before I was one of the first people that came to this church, 
helping build this church through odds and ends. You know, but, you know I, I've been um, tied up sick white for almost two years, so I haven't been coming real regular. In fact, I hardly came at all. But, but when I do come, uh, by just observing the people at the church helping each other with the teaching of uh, Pastor Dave and his, and his sermons, emphasizing uh, individual, um, individually he wants people to, to, to do his work, his ministering, not just a group of people, do it yourself. And that's, that's how uh, uh, I noticed, and it seems like that uh, before it wasn't like that, but I noticed more and more it is coming to that point where people are, are helping each other and listening to each other. <clears throat> so, but to, to build a better church and a more knowing church. And, but I always emphasize lately, it's not me or anybody else, it's the Holy Spirit that does all the work. And for myself, um, I think the biggest impact um, was basically when we went through the life group and studied the blessed book. And I think one of the core messages coming out of that was that um, because God has blessed us, that we should bless others. And so um, we went through it step by step as many other life groups did. And I think I've been more intentional during this past uh, year to basically apply those principles of bless. One of the ways that um, I've been able to practice BLESS is uh, through, through the Wednesday crew. Um, as all of you know, um, SETS has been just a rock in this church in regards to just how he in the background just serves the church, maintains the church, takes care of business around the church without you know a lot of people even knowing who he is. And I think as part of that process, um, me and the Wednesday crew, we just follow SETS and um, the example that he sets for us in regards to just serving the church, maintaining the church, doing things around the church without being asked to, and um, for us to support him in that regard so that um, we could bless the church through our blessings, through interaction with him, through our fellowship with him, and just through learning from him as he mentors us in how some of the things that church operates, some of the things that nobody else would really know, but then we're learning slowly as we gather each week. Um, we share meals together, we, do, we just talk and we just fellowship, and we just have a good time enjoying each other, but also uh, hopefully blessing the church through some of the things that we do. So um, Seth, you've been a great mentor to me, I know, and the rest of the Wednesday crew, and I think he has blessed you in many ways, so. Oh yeah, you know, you say that, but I've been blessed with uh, this crew. Well, not only this crew, but the whole church. They've been so kind, and they all their prayers and everything. Uh, I, there's prayers that uh, people have been praying for me, but I don't know everyone that's praying for me. So <clears throat> on the Wednesday, I do come to church and do what I can to help the group. Uh, 
like Nelson, Joy, Steve, Dennis, Joy, Sam, and just the newest one was James. <laughs> He's just starting to come. I said, oh boy, we can need some young people. And uh, if we could help him too, if, and he helps us, that, that's really great. That's how it should be. And then after, after we work, we, um, we do have lunch most of the time. And that's when we have a more, uh, we can get together and fellowship and get to know each other more personally. Because a lot of times you just come in the cafe and you just can't talk personally about anybody. But uh, when you have a small group, uh, you can kind of let your guard down and talk, talk good or bad about it. <laughs> so, and, and uh, like uh, Nelson says, I've been around so long that I just take it for granted that I know where everything's at. So uh, I'm just trying to mentor these people and uh, I seem to be doing a good job. And uh, uh, I, I'm just really happy that I, what I do um, is catching on. So, but let's, like I say, it's not me or all these workers, um, core workers on my group, that it's the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ that's doing it all. Hi, my name is Sophie. I'm in 10th grade and I've been coming to Mission Valley for six years. Hi, my name is Sophia, not to be confused with Sophie. And um, I'm in 11th grade and I've been coming to Mission Valley for five years. While I've been at Mission Valley, I feel like my relationship with God has grown through seeing all the youth leaders and the flow leaders and really everyone in the whole MV community like on fire for God and seeing how God is working through them to do amazing things and um, also seeing how they're learning, they're like living like Christ. It's really inspiring for me in my life. And as well as um, in flow, it's like the testimonies and in Sunday school, like the videos they show are really helpful and inspiring for my journey with God. And another way I've grown in my relationship with God is through worship, to see like Nathan and all the other people doing worship on stage, singing and praising God. It's really, it's really um, cool to see. And I, and worship is one of the ways that I think I connect most with God. So it's really, it's. I really enjoy it. I think coming to, coming to Mission Valley and seeing all the dedication and time that all the staff and volunteers put into the community, including the preschoolers or in nursery or the kids ministry or the youth ministry, um, is like really inspiring to me. And it also helps me strive to be more like Christ and showing that same Christ-like love that everybody here shows us. And I think Lately this year, I was given a couple opportunities to work with the kids ministry or with the preschoolers or with the AV team. And I think seeing everybody's hard work and the patience and they're teaching me how to leave the kids or work with the AV staff has really helped me grow as well. So Mission Valley is, is such a great church. God is very present here and he is drawing people to himself. Now the question is how do we mature that faith so that way people can be rooted and grounded in 
him and in scripture and in our faith so that no matter what happens in life, we can walk with God through that. The small actions, I think, really convey, like Sophia said, that Christ-like love. I think it doesn't have to be a really big thing, but maybe just checking up on someone who's having a bad day or maybe inviting someone to church when you see someone struggling, I think is one way that I can show Christ-like love to others as well. We base our behavior on our values. And basically, um, we just went through this entire uh, DNA of God. And so if all of us, you know, just take one or two of those values and actually act accordingly, I think all of us would be much better for it. Uh, to see, like, to show that Christ-like love to, like, everyone, to all those around you, Christians and non-Christians alike, like, everyone, to also be, like, caring and supporting to your friends, to your family. We're not perfect. We may falter, but as long as we're committed, mm -hmm. um, we can continue our journey growing with the Lord. Christ, Christ is love, you know, and that's, uh, He does many things, but he, if you uh, do on His Bible, the main thing is love. The love of Jesus is what's running this whole world. If we don't have that, we're, we're not doing a job at all. <clears throat> ah, amen. I mean, they could... If you want to know what's going on in the church, it's right there. If you want to know what God is doing in our church, you just saw it. And as Annette said, she said something that's really important. As you are motivated to grow in your faith, that motivates us. That motivates me. Because I'm not perfect. There are times when I'm dragging spiritually. But when I think about you, when I hear things like that, that motivates me to want to be a better disciple of Jesus Christ. And so when people ask, you know, what is this going to look like? What activities are are we going to be doing in 2023? My example is, well, we have a um, budget, but I really don't know, right? Because the Holy Spirit is doing things that I couldn't even imagine, right? And one of the things that we did, through, uh, the staff and the board, is we came up with what we called Holy Spirit sightings, where we got together and said, how have you seen the Holy Spirit work at Mission Valley? And they came up with a list of 42 things that they actually saw the Holy Spirit working in the life of Mission Valley. You know, and one of those things was, you know, praise God, we were in the process of starting a special needs ministry. You know, before that wasn't on my radar. You know, I'm not trained in that. I was never trained in that. But God was starting to bring families with special needs here. And so the Holy Spirit is doing something and we're watching this. <clears throat> so I was getting together with some leaders and said, hey, God is telling us we need to be ministering to those families. But not only that, they are going to be a blessing to Mission Valley. That's why God is bringing them here so they could bless us. You know, COVID, we never thought COVID was going to happen. And I remember when we closed our church in March, we thought, okay, well, it'll be a quick thing. You know, we'll be open again in October. And even for us, that was long. But it was several years. We didn't know that was going to happen. And so part of it is how do we navigate through this? Well, 
you know, the Holy Spirit, what do you want us to do? How do you want us to navigate through this? And I know people were saying this, but even pickleball, I mean, I, I had no idea we would be doing that, right? But God has brought people to our church where I came out of my life group, our men's group, um, this past Wednesday at 10 o'clock, and there were people playing pickleball here at church. I said, guys, you need to go home at 1030. Okay, you can't stay here past then, right? But you have people doing that, and the uh, neat thing is I was able to watch five of our members play in a tournament yesterday, and here I see them playing, and they're just, you know, hitting the ball, and then I saw them in a tournament. I go, oh my goodness, these guys are good, you know, but as I was there, they introduced me to other people in that community, and I was able to talk to them and get to know people in that community, even though my main competition is a wall right there with the orange cord. That's what I do 15 minutes a day when I'm at staff. That's my exercise. I just whack it 15 minutes a day, right? But you know, the Holy Spirit's working in ways that I could never even imagine. But see, that's the wonderful thing. And, and what we want to do is just this one thing, one thing. And if you could get this, then I think God is going to immensely bless, use you to bless other people. And that one thing is to walk by the Spirit. Only one thing. Walk by the Spirit. And I don't have time to really unpack this today, so we're going to go by this really quick. I really um, suggest that you look through this passage this week. But it starts with Galatians 5.16. Now, the Church of Galatians was interesting where the Christians were being influenced by Jewish believers. And they were saying, yes, you need salvation by um, faith in Jesus Christ, but you have to do all of these works too. Um, in order to grow in your faith. And Paul's saying, no, faith is done by, you know, our salvation is done by faith alone and not all of these other works that people are putting. And so he starts off by in verse five, chapter 5, verse 16. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. <clears throat> and so what does he go on to say? Well, what is that sinful nature? <clears throat> Well, in verse 17, it says the sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us the desires that are opposite to what the sinful nature des desires. These two forces constantly fighting each are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. So those of us who have been Christians for a long time know that there are two things that are warring inside of us all the time. It's our new nature that we have, uh, our spirit, that we are following the Holy Spirit right? Our new nature in Christ. We have that there, but unfortunately, we still have our old nature there. Now, the th beautiful thing is God has forgiven our sinful nature, our old nature, which means that anything that comes out of that, God forgives, but it's still there, and like the apostle Paul says, there are these two forces that constantly fight each other, Verse 18, but when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under the obligation of the law of Moses. When you follow desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. The results are sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, and division. 
envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I said before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. So when we are walking according to the flesh, when we give into that, well, Paul lists these things that are a result of that. So how do we know that we're walking by the um, flesh? Well, number one, if we have outbursts of anger, if we're jealousy, if we're fighting with people all the time, if all of our decisions are just based upon ourselves and selfishness, sexual immorality, and so forth. Now, granted, we may stumble and fall and do these things, but as believers, our lives cannot be characterized by those things. People cannot look at us and say, oh, yeah, that, you know, that list that Paul uh, said right there, oh, yeah, yeah, that's Dave. That's how he lives his life, right? We may stumble, we may fall, and we need to repent of that, uh, those things, but our lives should not be characterized by that. When people look at us and that list, that list shouldn't be something, oh, yeah, that's them, Okay, so then the question is, what should our um, list, what should we be characterized by? And it says in verse 22, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. But I want to think here, it says, but the Holy Spirit produces. One of the things that we have to remember is we can't produce any of this on our own. In order for us to live this kind of life, it does, no matter how hard we try, no how many, how hard we um, study the Bible, how many times we pray, and all of that, our hard works, our works do not produce this. It is through the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit alone. That's why they call it the fruit of the Spirit and not the fruit of our spiritual works. Okay, and that's a huge distinction that we have to get. But he goes on to that list. He said gentleness and self-control. There is no law against these things. There is no law against doing any of these things. Why? Because this is the fruit that God wants to produce in our lives. So when you're taking a look at your lives, these are the things that we want to be characterized by. is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, are we going to be perfect all the time? No. Are we going to be patient all the time? No. Just ask my wife and Michael. They'll tell you that I'm not patient all the time, that I stumble and fall in a lot of these things. But my life isn't characterized by these things. No, no, I'm sorry. My life is characterized Hopefully my life is characterized by these things, not that other list, not the other list. I'm sorry. Um, but, you know, but God is growing me in these things. Am I perfect? No. It's going to take a lifetime for him to grow these things in my life because I'll never arrive. You'll never arrive. You may think, oh, you know, that's pretty cool. I'm a patient person. Well, you better watch out if you say that because then God's going to breathe something that, oh, you think you're patient. Right? And he's going to keep growing these things in our lives, and it's going to take a li lifetime. And he says, those who belong to Christ have nailed the passions and desires of the sinful nature to the cross and crucified them there. So basically what he's saying is our old self, that first list, we nailed that to the cross. It 
died. When we accepted Jesus Christ, our old nature was crucified. Our old nature had no power over us anymore, that it died. And then that's, that's the way that we need to think about that list is that list should not be evident in our lives. Yes, we, our old nature is there, but it, those things should not live in a way that we're characterized by those things. And when those things do happen in our lives, we need to ask the Holy Spirit, number one, ask Jesus for forgiveness, because those things are dead. Those things aren't the things that we should be living our lives by. So we confess, and God forgives us. But those things are dead. They have no power over us. And then he continues by saying, um, oh, verse 25, it says, Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our life. So we see that old list was dead. That old list is crucified. That first list has no power over our lives unless we give it that power. And yes, we know that there will be times when we fall, right? But we shouldn't be characterized by that because what? Those are dead. They've been crucified um, with Christ on the cross. But then he says, since we are living, now we have been resurrected. Now we are resurrected and that gave us the ability and the power through the work of the Holy Spirit to what do that second list. It says, so since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. That's it. If you want to live the Christian life, if you want to live the victorious Christian life, I underline this verse. Write this verse. You know, I have verses that I stick on my computer screen so I could see him every day. This has got to be one of the verses that you go to every single day. Because if you want to live the victorious life, it's this right here. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Are you going to be perfect? Of course not. But the beautiful thing is, you know, we all struggle with certain things. My struggles are different than yours. But I could tell you this. When I'm walking with the Holy Spirit, it's amazing how the Holy Spirit allows those things to be dead in your life. Because when I'm not, I'm really struggling with those things. I'm saying, oh my goodness, Lord, I blew it again. But when you are walking with the Spirit, when you are studying your uh, Bibles with the intent to apply it to your lives, when you're in prayer, when you're serving, when you're doing all of those things. And once again, I'm not saying those works are the ones that allow you to do this. It's still the Holy Spirit. But that puts you in a place where the Holy Spirit could work. I guarantee you a lot of the things that I struggle with, I don't struggle with anymore. Why? Because those things are dead. They have no power over me unless I choose them. Because why? It's the Holy Spirit that gives you the power to overcome these things. And when you walk with the Holy Spirit, you'd be amazed at the transformation of your life. I, I just talked to this one person who accepted Christ. And this one person was saying he can't believe the difference it made in his life. He says, my marriage is so much better now. My relationship with my wife, he said, my relationship with my coworkers is so much better, right? It's not easy. It's not easy, but he saw the transformation, what? That the Holy Spirit was doing in his life. 
You know, in um, Acts 3 to 4, you know, Peter and um, John were thrown into prison. They had just healed a man who couldn't walk. And people were praising God for this. And the religious leaders got upset at this because they were jealous why so many people were following Peter and John. So they threw him in prison and, you know, an angel got them out. And then, so they were preaching in the name of Jesus. So they were called before these religious leaders. And those religious leaders said, hey, you guys have to stop preaching in the name of Jesus. You know, and their response was, you know, as for us, we cannot help speaking about what we've seen and heard. And when you're walking with the Spirit and you're seeing the Holy Spirit work in your lives and doing things that you can't even imagine yourself doing, then you cannot help but speak about the things that you have not only seen and heard and the Holy Spirit. And this is why, you know, as, as we grow in Christ, the more we yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit, the more we see the Holy Spirit work in our lives, that's where the testimony comes. That's why these three, these in, I, I forgot how many there were, Six were able to share about what the Holy Spirit's doing in their lives. They were just sharing uh, with all of us what they've seen and heard the Holy Spirit doing in their lives. And wasn't that inspiring? But if we're not walking with the Holy Spirit, we won't have anything that we see. We won't have anything that we heard. Right? We won't have anything to say. Now, eventually we might when we, you know, work with people and said, you know what, don't do the same thing I did. I made a mistake. I was walking by the flesh, and these were the consequences, and I don't want you to go through those things. But when you're walking with the Spirit, you can't help but speak about what you see and what you hear. The path is not easy. Don't get me wrong when you think, oh, you walk with us by the Spirit, everything's going to be easy. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. But it's going to be worth it. And I could tell you but from somebody who's been walking with the Lord for a long time that it has been hard. And man, I've been failed more times than I could remember. I've walked by the flesh more times than I could remember. But walking by the Spirit, walking by the Spirit, I've seen God do some amazing things in my life. And his plan was perfect. It was difficult. There were lessons that he needed to teach me that were hard. But as I look back over my time and my walk with Jesus Christ, it, what he guided me through, the experiences he led me to, were perfect. Were perfect. So and I'm going to end with this. And so the question is, how do you walk with the Holy Spirit? Well, first of all, you need to yield to the Holy Spirit's control. And this is a tough thing, right? Because who wants control of your life? Well, you do. You think, and I think that we know the best for our life. But the first thing that we need to do is yield to the Holy Spirit's control in my life. Meaning, God, you are the boss. God, you are the boss. That's the first thing. And follow the Holy Spirit's lead. Now, that, what that is, we do, and that's um, by when you sense the Holy Spirit calling you to do something. Or you sense the Holy Spirit calling somebody else to do something. It's like, you know what? I see these gifts in your lives. 
you know, and I've been praying, and for whatever reason, I think that God wants you to do this. And so when tell, somebody tells us that, of course, we need to be, pray about that to make sure that, you know, this is what the Holy Spirit's teaching. But, you know, if we feel that this is where the Holy Spirit is leading us, that we need to do it. And I guarantee you, from my experience, a lot of the things that he's going to ask you to do don't make sense. A lot of things that he's going to ask you to do, you say, I'm not qualified to do. A lot of the things that he's going to ask you to do, you said, okay, God, I'm going to do this, but I'm going to fail. <laughs> I just can't see myself doing this, right? Because that's the Holy Spirit. But when you do do it and you see it, you're going, wow, okay, God, there's no way I could have done this. It was only through the work of your Holy Spirit, right? So don't let the fact that, oh, I don't think I could do this, or this is crazy, or God, you've got the wrong person. Don't let that stop you, right? Because actually, that, to me, that's an indication that, hey, the Holy Spirit might be calling you to do something. Finally, allow the Holy Spirit to exert his influence over you. This is why we need to be in Scripture. This is why we need to read the Bible so that we see what God expects from us. We see the life that God wants us to live so we know, right? This is why we need to be in prayer. This is why we need to be in um, life groups so we could be in community with others to support one another. Because once again, the fruit of the Spirit, that second list, I guarantee you, you cannot do that on your own. And when he talks about patience, he's not talking about patience when things are peaceful in your life. He's talking about patience when you hear something from the doctor that you didn't want to hear. He's talking about patience when you are in relationship with somebody that's driving you nuts. That's when that patience comes through. When he's talking about love, he's not talking about loving people that are loving to you. He's talking about loving people who are hostile to you. He's talking about loving your enemies. That's where this love is being displayed, not when life is easy. And so when people look at that and say, how could you love that person? He did this to you. Well, you, it's through the, you could say, well, it's through the power of God and God alone, because on my own, I can't love that person. On my own, I can't forgive that person for what that person did to me. But through the power of the Holy Spirit, you can. You know, that's why we need to be resisting the devil, too. It's not just being passive to just say, okay, God, well, I'm just going to let you do the work. We have our part, too, to do in this. We need to be resisting the devil. And like I said before, we need to be in prayer. Like I said before, we need to be in the Scripture. It's not just to say, okay, God, whatever you want, do. No, we have a role in this. But we have to realize that it's the Holy Spirit that's going to transform us. And I guarantee you the Holy Spirit will. Those areas that you struggle with, we all have them. We all have them. If you let the Holy Spirit transform your lives and let the Holy Spirit do the work, like I said before, it's like riding a bike when the wind is behind you, right? You're riding your bike, the wind's behind you, and you're just cruising. But when you try to do it on your own, 
And you might have good intentions that I want to do the things God wants me to do. But if you're trying to do it on your own power, it's like riding a bike with the wind coming right at you. You're going to be struggling, right? And I could tell you that because I've done both. And it's so much easier when you're riding with the Holy Spirit at your back. And so what's that one thing? That one thing. Galatians 5.25, I hope you write that down because if you really want to know how to live a victorious life, it's in that one verse. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. And the reason we're able to do this is because of what Christ did for us on the cross. Because it's through Christ's death on the cross that what? All of those things on that first list were crucified. Those things are dead. They have no power over us unless what? We give it that power. But even when we do fail, it's because of the cross that we are forgiven for those things when those two natures are warring against us, inside, against each other inside, and sometimes maybe our flesh nature wins. But we could be assured that we have God's forgiveness and God's mercy because of what Christ did for us on the cross.